Hi guys, welcome to episode 30 of the Mandu Fat Podcast. As ever, I am joined by producer, produce, <laughs> pro, producer. So it's been an early morning, on it, mate? Yeah, I'll let you off for that one. All right, thanks, Ross. Medusa. We'll get to you in a minute, old <laughs> Producer, Roman Conrad. How are you, Roman? Yeah, it's nice to know what I'm now called. Just anything, anything like I know, will we drop the extraordinaire for now? Well, just producer, just whatever. Whatever you want Rody, to call it. I'm happy. No, because roadies do all the work. That's exactly. definitely not you. <laughs> roadies are there to entertain, and you did none of that on that road trip. My snoring kept you awake. <laughs> so, as you'll hear, we are here as well with Ross Hunter. Sorry, did I jump in a bit? Early? No, it's all right, mate. I was a premature. It's not no. like I've heard that one before. <laughs> so, it's fine, Ross. <laughs> Thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, it's I'm a good. lovely day today, isn't it? Yeah, so we're down in, we're down in Watford today, aren't we? Uh, yeah. We left sunny Manchester at 5 a.m. Road trip down, Roman slept all the way. I think he, he probably fell asleep, what, when we got on the M56? I think it was actually before, if I'm honest, because yeah. that's when we noticed he was gone. Yeah, yeah, and then he woke up, what, 20 minutes? In Watford. Yeah, and the first <laughs> thing he said was, uh, can we stop for a week? <laughs> no, he actually said, have we stopped yet? <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's he first said. That's what he said, yeah. Have we stopped yet? Can I Why are you so tired, Roman? Well, I was working last night, and then I had an hour and a half sleep, didn't I? Why did Too you only have an hour and a half sleep? Right, because... It's, this is ironic because I was worrying about getting up in the morning and not having enough sleep because I suffer from epilepsy. And if I don't have enough sleep, my epilepsy is on, you know, skyrocket. So I was worrying. So I was getting little mini panic attacks. And I didn't get to bed till half two. Right. Yeah. You took all the fun out of that one, then. <laughs> I mean, you must be playing that epilepsy card. Cheers, Rob. Yeah, it's going to make a joke there, but it doesn't matter now. All right, okay, ask the question again. Because I didn't, Stuart, all right? Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. But, however, Ross has already bagged it the backseat on the way back. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm out. I've still got a pillow because I brought the pillow. Fight. Not just pillow fight. <laughs> <laughs> is, that what, is that what your brain was? Well, Steve's you know. always imagined a pillow fight with two blokes in That's what happens at sleepovers, doesn't it? We're here, so we've come all the way down to Watford to speak to Nate Peterson. Nate, how are you? I'm good. It's actually Nate Dog to my friend. Oh, sorry. Nate Dog. <laughs> Come on, just called you. It is. Are you friends now? We are. Yeah. Thanks for good. friends. Good. So, Nate, we, you are a long-time admirer of the show. I am, yeah. You are the one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I'm the one. Uh, so we've been in contact for a while, haven't we? And you were like, oh, you know, we're like, show, I'd love to come on sometime. So eventually, we decided, let's have a road trip, come down and see you. Thank you very much. Hopefully I don't stink it up. Well, you know, consistency, so if you do, don't we? <laughs> I'm in good company. Yeah, exactly. So you, uh, you play, you're a player at Slough, Slough League. I am Slough, Sunny Slough. Slough, how's that? It's good, yeah. It's good. It's it's sort of it's it fluctuates. It's, when I first joined, shortly after that, we had loads of new players coming in, and then just as you, as you probably know from your own leagues, people drop off for various reasons, um, and you just sort of see that influx of players at the start of a new season, and then they disappear. But no, it's good. It's good. I think we've got a, 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 about sixty players, I think, across the board ish. Cool. Um, 50, 60 players, so it's, it's fairly fairly good, yeah, good competitive league. What's your team called? Current team is Green with Envy. Green with Envy. Yeah, as I'm as I'm uh, flexing my Hulk shirt. Yeah, you'll see, it's you good. guys will see this, it's amazing, it's one of the better shirts that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. my buddy's bought it for my 40th birthday, so uh, stitched me up somewhat, but uh, I, I basically reached out to our coach and said, I'm afraid I've got to be in the green team next season, guys, <laughs> um, and yeah. 
So do they, at Slough, do they mix up the teams every season? They do, yeah. So this is my third season there. And I've yet to play with somebody twice. So every, every season's been okay. with a completely new team. Um, obviously, I recognise the players from playing against them and whatnot, but I've not sort of been lucky enough to see somebody two seasons on draw or anything like that. So throwing, a, throwing you in the deep end, which was the best team you played with? Because uh, <laughs> they'll be listening. Oh, that's tough. Um, the team we've got now is pretty good. Um, we've just won, won the league um, and we're going into the cup next week. Um, we've won the league quite easy, not easily, but sort of... Comfortably. Yeah, comfortably. Um, so I'd say we've sort of got a good mix of defensive players, attacking players, midfielders. It's, it's, did, you, did you win it based off your football performance or weight loss performance really as a team? Uh, I would say it was more the football, but certainly with, with the weight loss, there's a couple of guys on the team that are very good. I'm currently top of the, of top of the scoring chance. There's another guy, I think, second or third. Excellent. Um, another guy who's in the top 10. So we've got a good sort of uh, core of weight losers. Um, and then everyone else will chips in as and when but not necessarily as consistently. So have you found the, because obviously we're all, everyone, all the different football leagues are all on the WhatsApp groups. So each season I'm presuming it's the new WhatsApp group with a new bunch of guys. How do you find that starting that again? And, and is it like coming in from day one or is it trying, are they, are they used to the using the conversations when you start again? Because I, I find it when I've done mine is you, sometimes you get the guys that are really forthcoming and sometimes you get them where you just don't see them at all or it's only if Stu posts or gives us a challenge that you see them actually comment or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, the start of the season is quite tough um, like I said because I'm going into every new season not knowing any of the yeah. guys other than just seeing them around um, and I'm not like it might surprise you being a guy that's on podcasts and things I'm, I'm actually quite a shy guy so like being thrown into a group of guys that I've never spoken to I'm sort of a bit reserved at first yeah. um, but it's, all, it's, it's then dependent on on those in the group and the captains to sort of try and generate that, that element of um, conversation amongst everyone. Um, I think as the season's gone on, it's, it's got good, like the banter between everyone and yeah. everything um, has, has definitely sort of improved and become sort of more apparent each week. Um, more so when we win than when we lose. When we lose, it's, it's a little bit quieter in the group. I think there's a few uh, tails tucked between the legs. But um, no, it's good. It's, it's, it's good to sort of get to know them as well because, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily I'm at the level of calling anyone a friend in there just yet, but at the same time, it's good just to have mates that are, you know, going through something similar to me. Do you feel as though um, it, it helps the league become closer, mixing the teams up, or would you, as a player, would you feel better if you had a couple of seasons together? How do you? What's your opinion on that? Because every league is different. Some leagues do this, and it's completely down to the coach. Some leagues do this, where they they mix teams up every. Um, you know, every season, um, some sometimes it doesn't. I mean, we went two and a half years without team mix up, and that's made it harder to do this now at Manchester. Yeah, it has, it has, it has been difficult. Um, I don't mean it difficult as in any disrespect to the team I'm with now. It's just because you you know the guys that you've been with, so you know you can drop that. I was going to say a dick pic, but I won't. Um, <laughs> into the WhatsApp. <laughs> um, but then it's like moving and knowing how far you can push boundaries with them and stuff like that and that kind of Yeah, what do you think, Nate? Um, I think it's quite tough. I, I don't think there's a right way either way, if I'm honest. And obviously, I'm only, I've only got the perspective of what I've got. I don't know what it's like if I was to play with the same guys for numerous seasons. When I listen to your podcast and listen to other people that have been on and they talk about it and you sort of go, oh, you know, if I'm having a tough day with the weight loss, I don't know, I can sort of message the guys in there and they can give me some advice or, you know, give me the pep talk and things like that. I've not seen that side of it 
and I think that is probably because you're mixing it up because you don't you don't necessarily know everyone, um, and even if you do know them, you know I might go 14 weeks without speaking to them again after the end of this season. So, from that perspective, I think having a consistent team probably is better. But at the same time, we all go down there for the football. At least that's the that's the initial hook that we're going down there for. Um, and I think mixing it up probably helps that. So, for example, in my first season, there was a team, the white team in our in our league, went the entire season, cup included, without winning one game. Now, I nearly was on that team, and had that been my first exposure to the league, I'm not sure that I would have necessarily been as hooked. Now, I'm not a competitive guy. I don't want to win football that much especially not for something like this. Um, but at the same time, if I was losing every week, there's, there's probably a small part of me that might not have come back for a second season if I'd known that I was going to be in another the same yeah, team yeah. that wasn't winning next season as well. It's, it's, it's hard to turn that around. So it's, I think there's pros and cons. I think, I think it, it, it's better to have the, you know, the consistency for the weight loss, but from a fo- football point of view, I think it, it helps, keeps things fresh, keeps the league competitive. Um, rather than having one team that might be the best in the league and consistently wins at everything, whereas, yeah. Do you guys organise extra games between yourselves? Can you get any extra football? To, you know, I know some of the guys do. I don't personally, but mm-hmm. I know that they, a lot of the guys there they play um, futsal on a on a Thursday night. Oh, um, I just haven't gone down there because I've been doing something else and been running. But um, but uh, yeah, I know that they do get together, and it's not necessarily within our own teams. It's just you know if you guys want to play an extra bit of football come down on a Thursday and it's like three quid ahead or something like that. Yeah. That's um, cool. That makes a difference as well. And, yeah. and probably, um, like I say, with you, with you guys mixing teams up uh, every 14 weeks, probably helps them guys get a bit closer as, as well to get down on a Thursday. So let's take, take it. So when you came to Monday Fat initially, you weighed 156 kilograms. Yep, that information is now out there. There we are. <laughs> There's, I, I can't know. take that back anymore. No, that's what it is. Wear it like a badge. Yeah. Because currently, the last way in? Uh, 118.6. 118.6. Quick maths. 18.10, I think. So I've, I've literally, uh, official weigh ins, I've lost 5 stone 13. But as of, as of this morning, uh, touch wood, that's above the 6 stone now. So we'll just call it, we'll call it around six. That's <laughs> incredible. Um, I like to be exact um, until you know until I've lost officially that six stone. I've not lost six stone because I've got two days until I get weighed in, and who knows what happens in those two days. I like this. I like the way you say official weight because it is the, when you do weigh in at the, um, at the obviously a match day. That is kind of official weight, so people kind of already do kind of make sure that they are on point for that as well. So. Yeah, I've, I've always done the same thing. Mine's been my official, my official the way is, is the weigh-in on the Mondays. With yeah. us. Well, it's, it's consistency. I mean, obviously, I don't know how good the, the scales are at where we, where we get weighed. But um, when I first started, obviously, you weigh at home. Um, you weigh at home and you notice there's a difference between what you weighed on the scale and what you weighed at, at the football. So um, I think when I first started, my, my, my scales seemed to suggest I was lighter than... Than at, mm. at the football, whereas now it seems to suggest I'm heavier, so I don't trust the ones at home. Weirdly, <laughs> um, I'm just going to take the, the ones on Monday on uh, on the football as, as being my official as my official weight. So touch wood, come Monday, I'll have I'll have smashed my six stone, and I'll have smashed my ten percent as well. It's, it's going to yes. come hopefully in the same week. Ten percent Monday, hopefully, yeah. yes, lad, yeah. Cracking. So let's let's take it right back. Now we've got the. Uh, I feel like a Scooby Doo, like we need the. <laughs> <laughs> 
Roman, that's your job. Edit that in. Wavy screen. Yeah. I'll, I'll add it a wavy screen on a podcast. Yeah. I want a, I want a doo-doo-doo in there, please. We'll have to get ourselves on YouTube. And Just I'll, isolate I'll, that. I'll do it there. Yeah. <laughs> isolate that. Keep that for every other show. Yeah. Uh, so, early life, Nate. I shouldn't have had them two coffees. I know. Sorry. So, so just to give you a bit of background on the coffees that, that Ross has had, he's, he's literally had two double espressos through yeah. through Spears about half an hour ago. I, I, can't, watch. I don't know. Sorry, I can't stop talking. So yeah, I'm, I'm having to take the pressure uh, off me. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm having to slow the dubbing down. So he kind of like. <laughs> so yeah. So t- tell me about your early life growing up. Were you a fat kid? You know, did the weight come on a bit later? Uh, yeah, and no, I think I've always been big, bigger. I mean, I should have I should have dug it out, but there's a photo of me when I must have been six months a year and I probably had about twenty rolls on my knees. Like it was it's it's embarrassing to look back at. Sort of you know, you, you, you grow into it somewhat. I think as a teenager I had a period where I was certainly not skinny, but certainly a lot more um, a lot sorry, a lot less sort of fat and overweight than, than, than usual. But generally speaking I've been big bigger um, and it just it just fluctuates, you know. I'm, I'm, I imagine that a lot of people who have issues with weights do have an element of roller coaster with that weight. And um, sometimes, like when I, I think I was an adult, I was 14 and a half stone, which was something I'd like to get back to. But, um, but yeah, as a, as a kid, bigger, used to eat quite a lot. My, I used to be brought up on a diet. My mum, my mum was uh, a bit older. She was 44 when she had me, and. Um, she was. Uh, she lived through you know rationing and things like that, and very traditional cook. And every meal was served with, you know, two or three bits of bread and butter each. I knew you were going to say bread and butter. Though. Yeah, that's what my, I used to get that. <laughs> but, you know, and that's as we know, now know with our educated minds on, on things, that's not good. Um, no. And that and that's just that. The meal itself probably had loads of lard and butter in and stuff like that. So it, it's you know, fantastic cook. Loved my mum's cooking. Um, Hindsight, probably not the best start to life from a from a dietary point of view. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I had an uphill struggle. Could you could you pinpoint like a time when you realised, you know what, uh, maybe at school, I am a little bit bigger than everybody else, or was it just you know, you didn't really realise till later, or you you realised well, like, I don't care. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint one particularly. Like I say, I think I was I was I was big before I even got to school, so it's just something that you know. You, you sort of get used to, even at that age, you sort of know that you're different because everyone else is slimmer than you. Um, being picked last in, in, in PE and things like that obviously don't help. It makes you, unless you're sport mad, you know, it makes you want to avoid those. I think, so I think that's probably, although it wasn't like bullying or anything, I was lucky enough that I never got bullied at school for my weight or anything like that, but I think the fact that any time that PE rolled around, I was dreading it. And would do whatever I could to get out of it. Goes to show that you know there was something wrong. And I know that you could have that attitude even if you were weighing you know appropriate weights. But um, I just hated PE in, in school, which is ironic because like now I, I love sports. Um, would would have you know hindsight, I'd love to go back to that kid and tell him you know get into this because it's going to be good for your health and actually you're going to enjoy it in 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't have like this one defining moment where I was like, yeah, I'm different. Just was, unfortunately. So, so getting into you know out of your, out of your teens and then starting life, uh, studies and, and work and stuff like that. Do you feel that you know we always pinpoint a lot of guys will say, you know, I started doing this job and I started 
you know, the weight started coming on. Do you feel as though when you got into working life and adult life that that, that happened? Yeah, 100%. I mean, so <clears throat> I, um, like most, I, I, I started work at 18 and uh, first time that I'd sort of got my own money. Um, I never had like a paper round or anything like that. So it was the first time I, I, I had my own money. So and it was just a case of, cool, lunches are going to be pre-packed sandwiches or I'm going to go down the pub or, you know, there was no there was no effort made there to sort of live a, high, a healthy lifestyle. It's just not my way at that point in my life. Um, so I had disposed, I was still living at home, just pretty much not paying anything at home. So therefore just every penny that I got was mine and just part of it or a lot of it went on, on food and, and um, making poor choices. Throw on, on top of that, my mum, um, she got ill at when I was 19. Um, she had what's called locked-in syndrome, which is essentially, she, it's, she basically, she, she, hurt, she could think everything. Her, her mind was perfectly fine, but she basically couldn't move. She was quadriplegic. She's literally the only thing she couldn't talk. The only thing she could do was like move her eyes. And so at such a formative age, at 19, you know, getting out into the world, obviously my, my world just upside down, you know, diets and things like that, or what you're eating is yeah. just absolutely not at the top of your mind. Um, my dad didn't cope with it as well as he could have, so I sort of lost two parents in one fell swoop almost. Um, and yeah, and, and it just wasn't a good time for me, and unfortunately, just like I say, formative age, you just carry on like that. You just carry on eating how you've always known to eat, and just throw more calories on top of all. It just becomes the norm, doesn't it? That you just you know, if that if you grow up eating a certain way, and then you get to adult and you, you carry on eating that way, and mm. you probably even though you know PE wasn't necessarily your thing at school, but you do tend to move a little bit less. Basically, you got an office job or something like that, and yeah. then next thing you know, you know the weight. It's piled on then, isn't it? Producer extraordinaire left his phone oh. on loud there, just jumping in. That's really awkward. <laughs> you can tell he's tired, can't you? Note to self, Roman, edit 18 minutes and 28 <laughs> seconds. Note to self to Ross, put yours on quite quick. <laughs> Note, to, Note self. to Sue, just check that. Note to self, reference pinging a phone throughout podcasts. <laughs> so, obviously moving into adulthood, um, and everything with, with your mum not being very well uh, and you know coping mechanisms and eating continuing to eat poorly from, from an early age did you try anything to try and lose the weight was there a moment where you're like do you know what I think you know I've got to a point where I need to try and get this weight off not at that stage and certainly not proactively um, where, I, where I worked they um, the guys there started up a football not league by any means but just on a Thursday night we'd, we'd go down to a local five side pitch um, just for a kickabout, just for a bit of fun. Um, so that that helped, obviously. I think that certainly managed it. I don't I don't remember losing weight and suddenly dropping a load of pounds from it, but it certainly helped to keep it at a steady level. Um, and that was that was good. And that was my first real exposure into playing football on a regular basis and falling in love with actually the playing side of it, not just the not just the watching and the supporting side. Um, and I loved that. And we probably played for about three years, four years consistently every week. And uh, yeah, but from a diet point of view, no. I love food, still love food. Um, tastes great, doesn't it? It's amazing stuff, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but unfortunately, um, yeah, at the, t at the time, I, I had no real intention. Since then, I have, even prior to Man Fat, I've, tr I've attempted to, to lose weight. What was that moment then when, 
what was that that, that moment when you you thought you know what this is the time I do need to drop some pounds. I just you just one day look at yourself and, and, and your, your clothes are tight or you know you you, you realise that you unacceptably big. Let's put it that way. Because um, I've always been not just oh I need to lose half a stone. I've always been I need to lose a few stone to get to somewhere that's compatible um, with lifestyle and social um, expectation. And so yeah, you just you just sit there at work and you just feel you know you're sitting there and the shirt's bulging a little bit. And <laughs> Where it comes apart in the, the, the middle and you see you know see it, yeah, your arm. Always, always pulling it out, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whereas now on the other side where the, the shirts are far too big from here, yeah. it's like I'm walking around a clown suit. I like to call it a little belly window. Yeah, just yeah, opens the when you sit down. It's belly window. It, it's horrible. Um, and we work in an office where ties aren't necessarily, or actually throughout my working career, ties aren't necessarily imperative. So you don't even have that as a barrier. <laughs> to you um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's generally it's generally that. Also, like I say, playing football at the time, you sort of think if I lost, lost a bit of weight, I might, I might move around the pitch a bit quicker. Um, so yeah, it's it's just little things like that. I've, I've never had that moment of clarity until recently, I would say. Um, but sort of back in the day, it was almost just it was just a case of realizing, you know, this was the the wrong size to be. And so I tried various things. Um, tried Weight Watchers back in the day. My ex-wife was on Weight Watchers for a while, so I just sort of cobbled off of her and stole what she did and books and whatnot. Yeah, I, I tried that as well. I did the same thing. It was one of those where it was. It was Claire's decision to go on Weight Watchers, and we tried it for a little while. I got fed up. My, my personal opinion, nothing against Weight Watchers, because I know it works for a lot of people. Is it was I just got bored because I don't know if that was us choosing the same meals. Um, it's it's hard. I mean, you, you do that because you find you find what works, and so just for simplicity, a couple of meals every week, you might have the same thing. Um, I, I I quite like Weight, weight Watchers. Um, I like some of the other things that are like that because I think it at least tries to teach you portion control and tries yeah. to teach you that um, to think about what you're eating. Whereas when you do something, so I've tried slim fast as well, and actually did okay. I think I lost a stone on that a couple of times in my life, and you know it, it works for what it is, but it's just not going to be sustainable because you're not going to eat or drink milkshakes your entire life, um, and once you come off of it, you've not learned anything. You, you just all you know is how to make a milkshake every sort of six hours, so I did that too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think most people have probably tried one or two things, and it's just they they work certainly in the short term if you've got the right mentality. But just nothing, nothing stuck consistently for long enough. In fact, the best diet I did wasn't even a diet. Um, I, I think it was around the time that I split up with my ex-wife, or there or thereabouts. Our divorce, best. <laughs> that, yeah, that the yeah, best diet? Yeah. Well, I had a, I had a had a period where I started playing football again with a new new bunch of people, and unfortunately got myself into a bit of debt and didn't have the money to be able to feed myself quite as well um, as I had been doing when I first started work, and was living on a, on a diet of uh, green salad with new potatoes one day. The next day might be a hot dog sandwich, um, which is not necessarily the most. Um, nutritious of meals however when that's one of the only things you're eating all day the amount of calories you're consuming is is, is far lower and, and i just sort of yeah wasn't spending much money on food and, and over about 18 months i think i lost about four and a half stone which was oh. at that time was a great loss i got down like i said i got down to about 14 and a half stone at that time in my life 
Um, you start a new fad day, you realise that it's called the debt diet. <laughs> it's the save pounds, lose pounds, I think. That's what it is. This guy's own tagline pounds, as well. That sounds like I a Rosemary Connolly diet, but that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it worked, it was, but it wasn't intentional. I didn't go into that going, I'm going to lose weight. It was a case of I was playing football consistently and just not eating very much um, and getting by. And I think my lunches was two or three satsumas or something like that. So it, it, it's certainly not something I would promote, um, joking aside. Um, but it worked for me unintentionally. And then I hit 14 and a half and stayed at that for a little bit. And then unfortunately just got a bit more money, got, got back into the swing <laughs> a bit of more things. Food. But, yeah, moved, found a new pizza takeaway spot that I liked. And uh, yeah, it's just, it just... Slowly but surely, uh, as the old ad campaign was, uh, <laughs> belly's going to get you, and it, and it certainly got me, and it got me hard. So you talk a little bit about then, um, obviously, you're you in a little bit and trying certain things, um, uh, but then at the start, like you said, there wasn't necessarily a moment of clarity up until soon, um, recently. Yeah. What was that moment you had? Again, it wasn't like that. Eureka moment. Yeah. It wasn't like I was sitting there. I was like, oh, I'm fat. Um, <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it would have been great if it was. It would be. Someone next to you. Really? You've, you've just noticed this? Yeah. <laughs> so, I remember what, uh, this, uh, on YouTube. There's a uh, like. I remember watching something once, and it was like this guy. And he was getting bullied, and this guy was like, "You know, you're really overweight. And you're really fat." And he was kind of like, "What?" And he was like looking in the mirror. And he was, like, my God, I've never realised before now. I it was kind of like that eureka moment, isn't it? Yeah. I've never realised before. Thank you for, thank you for informing me. Yeah. But in seriousness, it, it's, it's been a sort of slow burn. And um, as you guys know, I've sort of had a, I've sort of had a daughter. Not, not, not fully. <laughs> it's not, not a real daughter, not a full daughter. It's like I've just sort of had one. Um, no, I had, I, um, we had a daughter two, two and a half years ago and at that time you start thinking about yourself and thinking about, do you know what, this is not just about me anymore. I mean, obviously I've been married for a few years. It wasn't really before then, but, you know, she's an adult. She knows what she's got into. My wife is, I'm sure she won't mind me saying, my wife's big as well, so she's no, she knows and knew what she was dealing with. And, uh, yeah, you, so you, you, you're going into fatherhood and realising, if I go, if I kill over, if I kill over tomorrow, I'm leaving a family behind. Hang on a second. <coughs> um, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving a family behind, and it's something that you. It just preys on preys on your mind. It wasn't a big enough decision at the time, and even when she was born, it wasn't like that instant. I have to lose weight. But mm. as time's gone on, and you, you, you realise just how much you love this unit, and you just go, Yeah, I, I need to do something. I need to try. If I don't try, I'll never know. Um, I'd, I'd become happy with who I was. I used to say, you know, I, it is what it, it is. I, I know where I can buy clothes now. I know what my limitations are. Yeah. I'm big and I'm happy with that. I'm happy with who I am. Who cares if other people think I'm fat? In hindsight, totally the wrong side, the mindset to be in. I, I hope to God I never am in that again. Um, but like, you only ever realise that when you're not there, though, I think. Yeah. Only ever look back and realise, um, due to the extent that you'd go to like find clothes and what you used to put up with on a daily basis, like coming up the stairs, or and it, and like it comes on you so slowly that you just, you know, it's not like a moment where you realise, oh no, I can't go up the stairs anymore. It comes on you 
slowly and slowly and slowly and then it's that moment then oh, you know you have to go somewhere specialist to buy your clothes yeah. you struggle to go up the stairs you're sweating constantly you know you've got your little belly pocket when you're at work and and I think it's because um, it, it creeps up on you not necessarily just like saying but are you Rico moment I'm, I'm fat kind of thing yeah. but, but like you say it's and then obviously with having your daughter and and I'm assuming, obviously, like you say, it's not an instant, I must lose weight now, now I'm a dad. But obviously, we do hear a lot of lads saying that, well, like say when they find out that their other half is pregnant, is that, oh, I'm, I'm going to lose weight for, for the for the child and, and make sure that I'm, a, I'm an active dad and I'm available and all that stuff. And I'd, I never had that when I had my um, two. It was just a case of, um, I, could, I always talk about fat fit because I was always I'd be able to do all the messing around and running around and everything. But yeah, it did. I still had that moment of okay, forget about being able to play and do all the dad things with them. It was more around like you just said. Then is saying, "Am I going to be here?" Is that was one of the things that kind of hit me as well. Is it's like I still want to walk them down the aisle one day, and it's like if I don't do something, I might not be here. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. Like I said, I've already alluded to my my mum. My mum died when I was twenty one. My dad died when I was twenty nine. Um, now my dad saw me get married the first time around but he never got to meet my current wife he never got to meet my um, daughter obviously the same for my, my mum so I know from my perspective just how hard it is to deal with not having parents at your things and vice versa you know I'm sure that they would have loved to have seen me be happy and you know have a family and, and that, that sort of thing so now being that parent I sit there and I go I want to see her get married. I want to see her have a family. Vice versa. I know, I know that you know, barring us having some dysfunctional family and her hating me, um, she's going to want me to be there and walking her down the aisle and, and, and doing that and, and just seeing all the important things in her life. I know at some point I'm not going to be. That's in the, the inevitability of life. But I want to see those big moments in her life I can do. And touch wood with what I've been doing over the last year, I've at least given myself a better chance of that. Um, we know that was around the corner, of course, but but that's what I what I want. So, like I say, it wasn't a eureka moment. It wasn't just this one big realization. It was just over a period of a year, two years. You sort of go, Joe, you know what? I, I I might be happy, but so what? It's not about me anymore. Um, yeah. I've got to consider everyone else that's that's tied to me now, um, and I'm going to be dragging them down if I go. And the, but the, and the crazy thing is that. Um, it's took that moment for you to have that realisation. And the, and the matter thing is, you're still, even overweight, you still have a chance of, of, of dying before your time, whether you have kids or not. But yeah. you're not willing to make the changes for yourself. Sometimes it's some, uh, you know, an external force that forces you to make that change and forces you to put the mirror up, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, without, without wanting to get too dark on this podcast, I've been in some very tough spots in my life I've, I've, I've been through depression I've lost I've lost my job um, I've I've had a noose around my neck literally at one point in my life um, I know the absolute worst that my life can go and uh, and so yeah those changes are, to me it's if I go I go if I die I die everyone's got to die of something and at least if I die of this, I've died happy because I've eaten a nice rack of ribs. <laughs> um, so that's always been my mentality. And yeah, it's it's other people though. I've seen the effect of death. 
you know, certainly premature death on the family unit. My, my family got t- torn apart when my mum died. Um, we were a really tight-knit family. We, we, you know, everyone loved each other. It was fun. Everyone would go out and be crazy at you know, dinner and stuff like that. And the second my mum died, that all went away and just it splintered the entire unit. Um, so I know how, you know, we have a much smaller family and it wouldn't have probably quite that same effect, but at the same time I know that my, it would just devastate my daughter, my wife, you know, and things like that. So that's why it's important to me because I just know what I'm potentially leaving behind, the mess that I'm leaving behind. Very, very powerful stuff that means. It is, absolutely. Yeah, I've never told anyone that. Wow. I just thought it's probably... I think my wife knows. I think I've told my wife, but actually, anyone outside of my wife has never. Uh, I don't think anyone's really. I've, I've t- people know that I've been depressed. They know that I've been through that side of things, but I don't think I've ever really sat down and, and spelled out quite how how dark it is. And I apologise for taking this lovely, relatively light podcast. We always have a little section that's you know dark. <laughs> I think it's important though because you know that's that's a big that's a big thing for me to have, have brought out. And I certainly didn't have any intention of bringing that out today. Um, but, you know, there are people that are listening that maybe have just started Man Be Fat or they may not even be Man Be Fat. They might just like the podcast and want to, you know, lose weight. Because I imagine there's not that many weight loss shows out there that are similar to this. Mm. It's probably a little bit more sort of experts telling me what to do. And, you know, people at home need to realise that it doesn't matter how dark it is until, you know, until you take that final step, you still can fight back and you can still do something. And uh, yeah, I'm living proof of that. And yeah, if, if it's something that you need to do, want to do, do it. Can I ask how you kind of clawed yourself out of that? Because um, I, I'm, I love, I love, I'm quite big on my mental health point of view. Um, so much so that I realised in myself I was going through a real dark, probably, when I look at it, probably nine months. So I took myself on, I got my own counsellor and was talking to them. And it, and from my point of view, it, it it's quite a proud moment or a, a, not a proud moment, what's the opposite of it? It was quite a shameful moment. We go in to actually ask for somebody for help to talk to them about something. Um, I was just interested. Did you go and speak to anybody or did you kind of just, um, I can get through this? Yeah, I did. So um, I'd been working at a place not long, about a year when it sort of kicked in. It sort of coincided with um, my dad dying and, splitting up with my ex timing wise and um, I was running the risk of losing my job and you know they, they basically essentially said look we're going to help you we're going to try and you know give you parameters that you need to stick to like because I was I just wasn't going into work I mean there was one period where I went three and a half months without turning up for work and not because I was signed up uh, signed off I literally just wouldn't go into work I wouldn't even call in yeah. I was lucky that they didn't Pulled the trigger on me a lot, a lot sooner, um, but you know they they tried to get me back on board and tried to help me, and they sort of referred me to some people, and they had a good sort of support system there and, and various things. And eventually, I went to um, the doctors, and they referred me to somebody to talk to, um, and he was great, and he helped me understand. And so I'm very much, very much of the opinion that if you're in the dark spot, talking does help. I mean, it's not going to help everyone. I appreciate that, and it might be finding the right people. The first person that I met. She was fine. She was, you know, she was an ear. She, you know, could talk, but didn't really offer much more than that. And so I sort of came away, just sort of going, "Well, I've spilled my guts, but I don't really necessarily mm. feel any different." Whereas this, the second guy that I spoke to was a bit more of a, a bit more proactive, and he would explain to me, "Well, the reason you're doing that is because X, Y, and Z." 
Um, I wish I could remember some of the lessons that he taught me because it was, it was fascinating stuff. But I remember walking out of each session and, and feeling just a little bit better. And that sort of helped me get over it. And eventually I sort of started to improve. Um, and you just sort of think, right, I've got to get back to normality because unless I'm going to do something serious, um, which I probably didn't have the courage to do, if you want to call it that, it's not courage, I know, but um, I've got to do something. I can't just keep wallowing and just you know become a hermit. It is courage, though. I, well, I, I think it's a good word to use because it, it takes, it does take courage. It's, it's a massive step to... I'm physically holding my hand up, but to say, okay, I, I need some kind of help here, or I need, I, I don't know what to do. Um, so well done. I think that's, I think it's, it's massively. Um, yeah, I'm trying to trying to put it into words. What I'm feeling, what I'm trying to explain is, it, it it's that kind of giving yourself to somebody to a point and going, okay, I'm, 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 I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. It's like say, it's that. Yeah, I need help, but I don't really know how. Yeah, and it's that that kind of okay. I'm not I'm not where I should be, and or well, not that where you shouldn't be. Um, it's 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 a vulnerability thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, it, I think I am anybody, vulnerable. It is, do need help. You know, it's, can you help me? Yeah, kind exactly. Of and it's not it's not the easiest thing to say, and it's it's. Not, I think you, I think you were right. It is. A, you should be really proud of it. Oh, yeah, I, w- I would say though, really. even with that, it's it's a, it's a you know anyone that's not been through it, it's a, it's a difficult thing to, to get out of. Um, you know, people think that depression is, is just being a bit sad, and it's really not. Um, and it takes different forms in different people. Some people, you know, we see people like Robin Williams, you know, who took his own life, even though he, you know, and he was depressed. But you know, one of the most loved comedians in the world, and you sort of think, well, how could he be depressed when he's so funny and jolly and etc. etc. Et so it's really difficult. But for me, I mean, that was the first step. Um, I sort of fought back. Unfortunately, I still ended up losing my job, and um, luckily that didn't damage me quite as much as I it could have another person. It wasn't really until I met my wife that things turned around, and I actually just fell head over heels in some way. It sounds cheesy, I know. It sounds corny. Um, maybe it's not something us men should you know admit, but to be honest, when I when I met her, my life changed. She she genuinely she genuinely saved my life. Then. The others the others helped to get me out, but she was the one that reached down into the pit, grabbed me, and pulled me out. And uh, yeah, I I, I can't honestly say that I'd be here if it wasn't her. Do you recognise now who you were back then? Can you can you do you think yeah that was a part of me, or do you think I don't know that guy? I think yeah, I, I think I do recognise him. I think I think there's still an element of that guy in me. I don't, I don't think you shake that off completely. I don't, I don't think you can just go from one extreme to the other and just you know, be two different people. But I think my coping me- mechanisms that I, I just didn't have at the time, I have those now. So, you know, from time to time, I, I do get a bit sad. I'm doing quote miles for the podcast. Um, I do get a bit sad. I do, do feel like a little bit of a slump and I sort of recognise that that was, that was where it started back in the day. That was where, you know, you have those days and then you just feed them and they get more and more worse and eventually they you know, get to the point like I say you don't, you're not turning up to work whereas now it's a case of I feel that and yeah I might allow myself to wallow in it a little bit but ultimately I've just got to get on with it get back to my family and just try and do whatever I can to snap out of it whatever that may be um, so yeah it's a different guy um, entirely but at the same time we have some similarities yeah, I was kind of nodding along with you there. To be fair, from 
and I was kind of answering that question internally was just that that person I don't think it ever really 100% leaves you and I don't think um, it should no because I think there's lessons to be learned from yeah, it yeah massively if you, if, you, if you shake it off completely then I think you run the risk of being a little bit naive or arrogant and thinking it won't happen to me again whereas if you keep a hold of that part um, it was the worst time of my life um, over that sort of 18 month period and uh, well apolo- apologies about the divorce joke I know I was take that out. <laughs> that was probably a bad time apologies uh, as someone who's head over hit in heels uh, in love with his current wife don't worry it was probably the best thing that happened to me um, <laughs> But no, I mean, uh, just the, the, the period of depression and, and losing my job and everything. It was the absolute worst, even despite losing my parents and everything, for me personally, but one of the worst things that I can imagine ever going through. Um, but it made me who I am today. That's exactly what I was going to say. You, you, you are who you are because you've been through what you've been through. And I'm, I'm a massive believer of that. If I hadn't done that, I, I wouldn't be who I am today. So, yeah. It's not, I wouldn't choose to go through it again, you know, if I was mapping out my life for the, the last 40 years. I'm not entirely sure that I would uh, repeat it if I had the choice. But at the same time, I, re- I, I recognise that it's, it was necessary to get to where I am today. Wow. Powerful stuff. Very. So, moving on from, from that. So, obviously, um, the, the, the major, one of the major catalysts to you having this amazing six-ton weight loss was having your little girl. Um, how you said you previously tried, you know, Weight Watchers and a couple of things and Slim World. Uh, where did you see Man with Fat? How did you feel your first day? Did you initially say this is definitely for me? This will definitely work. Yeah. Um, so my wife had started losing weight about a month before me. She she was doing um, Slimming World, um, and I just wasn't in the fret right frame. Like I say, a year ago I was like, this is who I am. I'm the jolly fat man. Let's just carry on with life. You lose your weight, good on you, I'm here to support you. However, while you're eating that salad, I'm still going to be here literally tucking into a McDonald's while you're doing that. Um, I was not particularly supportive of her one, one little bit um, in terms of my actions. However, you know, it, it does start ticking over in your mind. And when she starts like, losing, you sort of start thinking, right, I need, to, I need to start losing weight. It just, by sheer coincidence, I don't know if I must have Googled something for her, I don't know how it happened, but literally as I'm having those thoughts in my head, Facebook, scrolling through, man v fat. I'm thinking, that's a great idea. What a clever idea. A a football league for someone like me that needs to lose weight but isn't confident enough, isn't good enough, whatever, to go and join a proper six-a-side league somewhere else with a bunch of strangers. And I'll be honest, it took me two or three weeks of seeing that regularly on my feed for me to go, do you know what, I'm going to give it a go. Because, like I say, there was an element of me being content with who I am, but also laziness, fear, whatever you want to call it, that was holding me back from actually taking that first step of trying to lose weight. Um, and then I just, like I say, she, she, I think by the point my wife had lost about a stone, I was like, I can't let her have all the fun. I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to now feel a little bit jealous. I do need to lose weight, and I can see how much it's, how happy it's making her feel doing this, and I need to do something. And I thought, do you know what? Need to do this. So I then emailed the coach and I said, I'm a bit on the fence about what to expect from this. Do you mind if I come down to a session, have a watch, see what it's all about, talk to some people, and uh, yeah, just see what it's about. And then if I'm up for it, then the week after I'll come down and start playing. Um, so I then went down, talked to the coach, he explained all of the, the goals and the bonuses and how it all worked. 
spoke to a couple of the guys that were actually getting changed, I think, to play or had just finished playing. Explained to me what it was and how they found it, how much weight they'd lost. But there's still an element. I'm still a little bit nervous. I'm still. I'm not. I'm not the most. I'm not the most masculine of guys. I'm not the most competitive guys. And there was still an element of me. And I was looking around the change room, and as you know, one five six point five kilos is a big old size, um, nearly twenty five stone. And I'm looking around the, the change room, and I'm seeing guys that are half that way. And I know you've talked about, you know, maybe they've been on their journey, as you like to call it. Um, <laughs> they've been on their journey and they've lost the weight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, they might have started at one five six or, or you know, whatever their their size was, and they've and they've done it. But still, from a personal perspective, I'm like, well, I'm going to be walking into a league where I'm just going to be still be the fattest guy on the pitch and still the work, the weakest link and all that stuff. So I was very nervous about joining, even so, but. He didn't even give me an option. He, said, he told me everything and he said, right, I'll show you where the boots are because I didn't turn up with any boots. So I'll show you where the boots are. You're going to be on the blue team and just kicking off at 7.30 or 8 o'clock or what it was. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then he introduced me to the team captain and I sort of went, do you know what? In for a penny, in for a pound. I've got to join. And if I, I honestly think if I'd walked away and not played that week, I'm not convinced I would have gone back the week after because I think it would have played on my mind and I would have gone... It's a good initiative, but I still don't think it's right for me. Because, like I say, being a big guy, you naturally you naturally expect to turn up and be a room full of other big guys. And whilst there are others there, obviously, there's there's a, a, a contingent of guys that you can see that are a lot fitter than you, whether it's because they are fitter or whether they've just been playing longer than you or whatever. And yeah, I, I think I would have just maybe made an excuse and gone, oh, I'll do something else. Yeah. That's that's probably one thing with Man V Fat that. Um I found difficult when I signed up because it was that you only go and you're right, I'm in the mindset I'm going to go for this I'm going to really go for it and that when you first sign up that week and then not play until the next week I understand why it is because you're doing your weight loss for that week but I'd have probably been well I still stayed anyway but that kind of if I'd have gone and played football straight away and I might have been a bit more okay I'm in so that's probably why I don't know how it is of what the drop off rates are for people that start on week one and compared to people that join mid-season and if they join mid-season they're in a game that day um, be my, so I kind of understand what you mean there. If like if you hadn't played football that day, you might. Yeah, I, I, I could easily because, like I say, even stood there, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. It's maybe not quite as as um, uh, not accepting because everyone is there is very accepting. I, I will say that across the board, everyone seems very supportive on both the football and and the um, on, on the weight loss side of things. Um, but just. I just thought, oh, I'm, I'm still way too big for this. I'm still going to find myself coming across her and, and maybe, maybe it's, it's just going to damage my confidence, if anything else. Um, but luckily, I was thrown at the deep end. I think we lost that game. But despite that, it was, you know, I got to know the, the guys on my team and they all seemed really nice, um, good fun guys and uh, got added to the WhatsApp group and never looked back. And now I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the, the project. I think it's... Uh, it's important and anyone who's overweight and anyone who has an interest in playing football there's just nothing better there really, there really isn't anything than this at least as, as a start you know if you, if you don't stick to it long term and you find that there's something better for you fine but if you're struggling to find something to do this is this is ideal it's very um, it's a valid point that Ross that um, the football just grab you when you first play that game yeah. no matter what level you're at um, when you play that, that game, no matter what the score is, the majority of people will, you know, 
as a coach we'll talk to him how did you find it brilliant brilliant yeah. um, whether that lasts for, for 14 weeks is debatable <laughs> um, but you know having played that first game the reaction usually is absolutely loved it it's definitely for me when the realities of the programme kick in and you realise that's really nothing to do with football <laughs> this, yeah. is a, this, is a, this is a fat loss programme week three yeah week three <laughs> yeah uh, and, and you realise actually this is about changing your habits and creating new ones healthy ones and uh, getting peer support off your team and uh, support off your coach that can um, not disillusion people but the, the, the nuts and bolts of what it is becomes a reality probably around week, week three week four yeah. um, but that initial coming off that pitch after your first game and realising that actually I can compete now and if I lose weight I can compete even more um, it's a big feeling really and it's kind of like that's how we hook you yeah in a way. definitely well yeah you, you see that you see some of the guys that turn up and, and you know whatever their weight loss position is they're clearly there to play football um, and I think it was my first season there was, there was a team there that they I think they had a full squad I think they had nine nine players and they were all good at football and for the majority of the season they, they ran the league from a, from a results point of view but they didn't win it because none of them lost weight. Now, whether that's them trying, whether that's them just being in a position where it was harder for them to lose weight than, say, our team, where we had a couple of bigger guys, where it's arguably easier to lose shift that weight quicker. Um, so yeah, that's that's where that's that's the, the benefit of it is that yeah, the football's a great hook and it's is a massively enjoyable part of it. Um, but unless you're unless you're turning up there to, to lose weight, you're never going to get the most out of this experience. Um, you, you absolutely, you as a, individually and as a team, yeah. um, have to have to be um, have to fight for your, for your waistline as well. <laughs> You'll know that one because you're coming off the back of a league championship in Salford. Yeah, um, well done. We're certainly not the the best football inside there, you guys. No, I mean, so not a bad side. We got some good footballers, um, but it was so <clears throat> last season we won. Um, the obviously the league, and it wasn't until I think you posted um, the season review, and quite a lengthy read, quite well well structured and well done. And the one thing that stood, Thanks, stood all right, <laughs> the one thing that stood out was um, for me because you, you kind of just skim until your 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 team's kind of listed, and it said Manchester United, great name, isn't it? Great name. Um, Came back five times from being down on the pitch to win on the scales, and that kind of resonated with me. That was like, yeah, this is it kind of reaffirmed why I was in this league. And it was like, it's because I scream and shout, and I give I give the footballers and my teammates a hard time when I'm on the on the pitch because I want to win, right? But I forget it's about the weight loss. Now, don't get me wrong, what I say on the pitch. When I'm screaming at the pitch, I also scream in the WhatsApp to make sure that the, the weight loss is going on. And, and the guys are, are unbelievable. I mean, we actually hit 70 over 70k loss in as a you know as a team uh, in the 14 weeks, and that was amazing. And it really, and I kind of felt a bit dismayed because I think I was the only one that didn't hit a percentage in, in the in the in the thing. And I was a bit good about that. So this 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 season, this new season now. Um, I want to go. Do you know what, lads? I, I I owe it to you to do to do well because you've you've done so well last season, um, 
and the spirit of that spirit of the weight loss over the football is what Manchester is all about. Yeah, it's, it, if you'd have not um, come back from them positions and won that on the scale, you wouldn't have won the league. No. And it was, and there was two teams. It was yourself. There was Black Forest, both fit over seventy kilograms loss for the season over fourteen weeks, which is massive. Yeah. Start transfer to um, our last season as yeah, it's completely City, opposite. Whereas from, we were yeah. just the best team on the on the pitch. And to yeah. be fair, our weight loss was I think we were about fourth in the table. I think overall when we won the league, it was just we had a we had a really good footballing team, yeah. and it it wasn't the best format for. If I'd have joined that team and been that playing then, I don't think I'd have lost the weight. I would have done one in season one where we probably didn't have the same, no disrespect to the teammates, uh, calibre calibre of players that we had in that last season when we all played together. That's why I was, to be fair to you, Stu, I was against the mix-up of the teams when I first came back. Um, But I've actually really enjoyed it. I only said to you on the drive down today, I said when when I played on Monday, I was a lot more relaxed. I I didn't, I wasn't, like you said, screaming on the pitch. I wasn't doing that. I think I had one moment, which is not like me just to have one on the pitch. A little Ross drop. <laughs> yeah, just a little one. But that was it. And then I was just like, okay, forget it. Just carry on playing, um, which I think helps me with my kind of mental health in Assisade as well because I'm taking it as more of something that I'm finding really enjoyable now to go and play football and just have a kick around and, and taking it that way rather than, to me, it was like playing in the FA Cup final every week. When yeah, I was playing when, we were, when we were in a team together in Manchester, it was like going to war every week. Yeah, it was. It was, and 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 that mentality is not a bad mentality to have, but it, it's not sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. Um, You've got to focus it and use it in the right way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But that was that was one of the reasons, and I said this to the guys at Manchester. Is one of the reasons that we had to we had to have that team mix up was because OB won the league and they won it without losing it. It was a hollow victory. In yeah. in, in hindsight, it no. was because I gave you the trophy and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I no, launched it. Get out." No, but in in the defence, and I will say this on a personal level, with that last one, is I was injured for that uh, the first half of that last season, so I didn't play a game, but I lost weight every single a week, every single week, um, until I went back. And I think no, I think there's a few stumbles um, when I thought, "Oh yeah, exercise is going to kick in because I'm exercise now," and then it, oh no, it didn't. It's about it's about you know not just about exercise. It's about you know what's calories in, calories out. Um, the CISO diet is what I've seen now. The CISO, CICO. He went, oh, I've, I saw a Facebook post uh, recently, and he said, this person has lost ten stone using the CISO diet. I was like, what's a CISO diet? Calories in, calories out. Of course, <laughs> that makes sense. But the brand that CISO went, why has it never been branded like that before? That actually makes sense. Yeah, it's a hook. It is. It's a hook. Um, but going back to what, what, what I was saying is, um, you know, if I don't think if I if I'd have um, set the way for because um, I was team captain at that time, if I'd have set the way saying look I've lost, I'm losing the weight, but I was injured, I think the mentality wouldn't have wouldn't have rocked a bit. And we did lose weight, but we, I think we were very accepting of oh we'll just turn it around on the pitch if we didn't lose weight, and that was the wrong, yeah. completely wrong mentality having man v fat. I think as well it makes people uh, it helps make the league inclusive of bigger guys that maybe don't have the fitness don't have the talent the, the skill it means that actually every single member of your team is valid in some way because even if they're the weakest link on the pitch they might actually be your star player off of it um, yeah massively so um, the current leader in, um, in Manchester I think he's the current leader um, impressive is yeah he plays for total football 
and he got injured in week one. And we're now eight weeks in, and he's he's the current weightless leader. Good man. Well done. He's 10%, some, didn't he? He's, he yeah. Because some people might have just cancelled their their payment and just not turned up again. Yeah, Just because exactly. they're like, well, I'll wait until I've got back from my injuries, and then rather than actually using it as a focus to, to carry yeah, on losing ne- the weight. Neil Powell. And he... And, 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 if, if you, I don't know if Neil listens to this. He's quite new to to the program, but um, yeah. So Neil got injured week one, uh, and he's he's not the youngest of guys, so he's not like he's you know he got injured and he's like been in the gym but he can't play football. Like he's an older gentleman, uh, and he's currently leading the league, and that's testament to what Man Fat can do. See, because I didn't hear about that from you. I heard about that from one of his teammates. Yeah, because they were so yeah, they were they impressed by it. They were like. This guy is, is, is keeping us to the top of the league because he's losing so much weight. And he's, he's kicked the ball like three times. Yeah, and that's, and that's the kind of the, the mentality. Is it after that, what I just said there is it was because you're the coach of the league, so you're going to know what his stats were. I was just talking to someone, and he went, You'll never guess what he's done. And I was like, Wow, that's really impressive. And it was that kind of blokes versus the blokes talking about some other bloke losing weight, them going, Wow, well done to the guy. And that's what I love about this. It's that there's no, it's not. It's not like a shaming thing, or there's no kind of shame in it at all. It's everyone's like just celebrating the fact that somebody's lost a little bit of weight or anything. It's, it's, it's weird. It feels like there's a, a combination of um, competition, but healthy competition, but also supportiveness. Yeah. Like it's weird that you sort of want to do better than everyone else, but equally want everyone else to do well. Um, so that I guess maybe maybe there's an extra competition there because it's like, well, if they've done well and I've beat them, then I know I've beaten someone worthwhile. Whereas <laughs> if I'm the only one turning up losing weight, then it's a hollow victory. Um, but no, it, that, that, I've not seen anyone that's been toxic with like competition, or that you know when when you get off the scale and like the coach says, oh, you've lost a couple of kilos or whatever it might be that way that someone in the room just goes, oh, well done, and it's just like that's just nice. Just some stranger, someone who you might not have even been on the team with, just goes. I think, I think it's a quite a unique thing yeah. between a bunch of men um, who are competing against each other that they can also celebrate each other's victories. Yeah, you don't see that very often. No. We're still trying to adapt to it, aren't we? Because the amount of time you've asked people for pictures, it's like, no, no I don't want a oh, picture of my certificate. And no, no, but then, really? yeah. But That's... then two weeks later, you'll see him on Facebook, proudest moment. And Stu has said this many times through both leagues to say, guys, you've got something here that you don't understand, you're going to be proud of, be proud of it. And like, nah, 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 nah. But... Yeah, the same guys who won't, won't let me take a picture with a 10% or oh, 5%. No, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing my coach now I didn't realise that was a thing when I first like my first season I didn't realise and then it was only my second season that one of the guys on the other teams he said oh have you got the 5% certificate or something like that and I was like oh I didn't realise that was a thing so I think I missed I think I got the, my 10% last year or last season but since since then the second I hit it I was like yeah have you got that thing I just want to make sure I get that photograph <laughs> because it is hard work to get to that percentage um you know, even 5%, like, so for me, 5% comes still quite easily because I'm a big guy. But I know the other guys that play season off season and don't hit that 5% because it's, you know, maybe just a little bit too too much for them. So anyone that, celebrate, anyone that gets to that should celebrate it in 10% equally. Yeah, this coming from a man who turned up with uh, three... We've got, I've, got to, I've got to do that. Yeah, um, you can hear... Right, that's just gone right in my ears, Ross. Thanks very much. <laughs> it's not the first so time Nate's, I've... <laughs> so Nate turned up with, with his three... Impressive. Winning medals there, well, round his neck. One's, one of my first season was the uh, league, the cup, and then I got the uh, best loser, or whatever it's called. Biggest loser. Biggest loser. Um, so we've got the most amazing loser. And then last season, I was joint 
with the guy who won it, but they gave it to him because he had a higher percentage. Um, and had I not gone on holiday, that would have been mine. <laughs> and then this season, I'm currently two clear goals away from anybody. There's no one can touch me as long as I lose weight. So I'm very, I've, I've destroyed the competition this this year. You're yeah, well in your flow this year. Has anyone of your friends turned around to go? I think you're losing too much weight. Not you're yet. Like too no, thin. no. You'll get that. Yeah, it happens. I, I, and that's a genuine worry. Like I've seen other people that have lost too much too quickly, and, and they get that gaunt look and stuff like that. And, but I'm. I don't think I'll get to that anyway. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think I think I'm sensible enough to know that there becomes a point where I meet the criteria that I want to set down. Which is, I don't have an end target. I just know that I'll get to a point where my body feels right, and then I'll stop. If I, if I set myself a, a goal of ten stone for argument's sake, and I get to eight stone or nine stone, I can see myself being like, oh, but I didn't hit ten, and I, I don't want to do that. I want to just get to where I go. Do you know what? I'm happy with who I am Good. now. Um, I can do everything that I wanted to do, and I can go into all the shops and whatever. And then the hard work starts to maintain it. I've got no <laughs> idea how that happens. I've got that 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 scares so me. Hard. It is very hard. Oh, Tell us about this tattoo that you recently had done, Nate. Twenty-two, twenty-two. So, um, so basically, to describe to the listeners, it's on Nate's left wrist, on the top of his wrist. It just looks like a digital clock. Twenty-two, twenty-two. Uh, yeah, it was my dad. He would, I, I can't remember when he started doing it. I think it was sort of relatively either either late teens or I was an adult at the time. But um, he would just, we all probably have it, but he, he would notice 22 minutes past 10 at night on the clock regularly. Like it would just be, just randomly, he'd just look at the clock at that time. And whenever he did that and whenever he recognised it or saw it, he would, he would he'd just say 22 22 there'd be nothing more than that it would literally be that and we go oh yeah it is and it was just constant consistent like I'm not gonna say every night by any means because that's quite weird but um certainly regular enough that it's just stuck in my head and as you know like i say because of my age at the time it's just stuck with me and so if i look and it happens to me fairly regularly if i see that time on the clock i might not say it out loud but i certainly go oh 22 22 nice. um and i just for many years now, I've wanted to get a tattoo. I just didn't know what I wanted to get. Um, and then this became apparent that it was what I was going to get. And then I was like, oh, I don't know, don't know where to have it. My wife said, why don't you have it where you have, wear your watch? So then it's covered up for work. Um, but uh, And also it's fitting where it is because obviously it's a, it's a clock number. And it fits where my watch is. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's in recognition of my, uh, my dad's weird, quirky behaviour. Funnily enough, two people since I've had it have told me that maybe I got it wrong and that either my dad, when he said 22, 22, meant that it was 20 minutes to 20 minutes to, as in like 9, 9.20, for example. Oh, so right, it's 22, okay. 22. I was like, no, I mean, my dad was nuts, but he wasn't that nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't that nuts. So tell us about this uh, running you've started. Oh, running, the, the joys of running. Um, yeah, I just... When I started doing the Mad Fat thing, I knew, I, I knew that at some point I'd have to start doing more exercise because as much as I love Mad Fat, it's only half an hour of football at best. You know, if, if you're in goal or if, you know, you've got a full squad, you, you might only get 10 minutes on the pitch. So in terms of exercise, it might not necessarily be enough to maintain or sort of to lose your weight. So I knew that I had to do something, but I wanted to wait until I started to plateau somewhat or find it a little bit more difficult to do it because I didn't want to go heavy straight away. Um, 
and it was actually through Man v Fat that it started. So one of the guys, he was in a different team. Um, he was one of the other captains last season when I was captain, and he was like, "Can you guys spread this, you know, 5k um, website around? With, you know, we're doing a local 5k fun walk, fun run." Um, so I did that, sent, sent it around to the group, and I was just looking at it, and he kept pushing. So I knew that they needed the numbers or whatever it was, or he was just obviously trying to do his job, job well. And I just looked at it and I was like, why don't I do it? It's a fun, I don't have to run it, I can walk it. I looked how long it would take to walk 5K and it's like 40 minutes. Like, I can walk for 40 minutes, that's fine, that's not a problem. Um, and it was literally a week later and I thought, but I haven't got any, like no preparation time, but I've been playing football, I'll be fine. So the next week I just went and did a 5K fun run. And then from there I thought, that was such a sense of achievement to do that, even though it was largely walking. I did run for a little bit, but it was largely walking. I thought, I've got to do something. And if I join a gym, I have to pay for it. One, I tried the running. It's free. It's straightforward. You, know, you just run. Um, um, yeah, so I just decided that off the back of that, I needed to start running. And since then, I've started Couch to 5K, um, currently in week seven, about to go into week eight. Um, it's fascinating because there is no way if you'd asked me in week one would I get to week eight no but also did I see would I see myself being able to run 25 minutes straight absolutely not like even with you know nine months of, of football behind me and, and all that and it's just amazing how much you can just push your body that little bit further and find something else still not perfect Breathing is an absolute nightmare. I am gasping for air almost the entire way around. Um, and that is the one thing that I wish I could improve. I just can't find a way of getting everyone tells me, oh, breathe through the nose, out through the mouth. Doesn't work. I feel like I'm going to collapse. Best way I've ever done it, when you curb it, obviously, you know, first 10 minutes you're all right, but then you're blowing it your ass, like, kind of after that. So That's technical running team, that really. Yeah, yeah, of course it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, it's quite nice actually when it's coming out that way. <laughs> so link your breathing to your your feet. Yeah. So every fourth step. So you go one, two, three, in, one, two, three, out, one, two, three, in. So it's so that's essentially what you're doing breathing wise, but you've taken four steps. Okay. So kind of link that to it and you should be alright. See, I, I can't do that when I run. I've just got to if I ever find myself concentrating on my breathing, I'm then going, <laughs> I struggle to breathe. I don't, I don't, I have to, if I forget about it and I just start running, I tend to just go, oh, I'm feeling a bit out of breath. And then when that comes into my head and I start thinking about, I need to breathe in, then I'm going, I'm not, I'm not breathing in. Right. I, I really struggle with it. So I kind of understand, I kind of, I've got to just, and that's, I hope I don't run. <laughs> and that's how I feel about the whole thing. Like when I first started running, I threw music on to have in the background. And A, I'm not the biggest music fan in the world as in like, I'm, not, I'm not passionate about buying means. but also when I do listen to it I just sort of zone out and so what I was finding in the first week or two was that I was then back into I'm running thinking about running because I don't enjoy it even to this day I don't enjoy the running for running sake and I'm sitting there and I'm running along and I'm like right I can count every step and I can concentrate on my breathing it, it, the more I'm doing that the more the more difficult I'm finding it so then I switched to podcasts and audio books because then I knew I had to concentrate on what I was listening to and sort of escape what I'm doing. I might try the breathing technique because I, I need to do something clearly because it's it's killing me. I must, yeah, I must look like a psychopath when I'm running because it's, it's not even as consistent as, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry for anyone listening to the podcast that got that. But like say, it's like when we always say, when we, 
we're talking when we were on the way down saying that there's no set diet for any kind of guy it's the same with exercise nothing's going to work for everybody but what, what I encourage everybody to do from a from a monthly fat point of view is there's exercise out there that you'll like that mm. I might like I hate or Ron might love or whatever it is yeah I, I used to love I used to play squash with one of my friends and I loved squash that was, that's a great workout that's, that's good for exercise I, I think for me personally, I would rather do sports or do something where the exercise is sort of happening in the background. You're not thinking about, that's what I love about football, I'm not thinking about how much weight I'm losing through it. I'm not thinking about how fast I'm running or anything like that. Um, you know, you're just chasing the ball, you're chasing the player, whatever it might be. Um, so I think I'd rather sport, but like I say, it was just, look, this is free, easy, something I can have a go at. And so I'm working up to doing a 5K. I've not booked one in, but I'm going to do another 5K and see how much better I do this time around with, with training. Talk to me about uh, Food Review UK, the podcast that you do. How did you get into that? Uh, so, how did I get into it? Uh, I work with a guy called David, or I used to, he's, he's left now, but I used to work with a guy called David. And uh, he had a friend from back in the day called uh, Michael Jameson, the famous Michael Jameson. Michael Jameson comedy. He'll love me mentioning his name. Um, he he yeah he started this uh, channel called Food Review UK, which was basically just him sitting on a sofa reviewing snacks and foods. And uh, basically on Facebook, I started noticing him commenting on my friend David's stuff. He knows me, and we sort of just struck up an unlikely friendship through that. So we then became friends on Facebook. I started watching these videos and. I mean, they're, they're still stupid. Um, <laughs> but back in the day when the production levels were awful, he would, he would just, I don't know, he, he'd, come out of the, he'd come out of the bathroom, he'd still have like toothpaste in his mouth. And he, you know, he would, he, it was just, I was laughing at them more than with them. Um, I was like, how can you sit there seriously and talk to me about how good this latest Mars bar is or something? And it was just like, he would, he would be doing the reviews so straight-faced. I'm like, this is ridiculous. What? He's an adult. What is he doing? The more you watch, the more you get used to the personality, the more you get used to him. And, 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 and I was sort of like finding him more and more funny, laughing with him. And I was like, I need to meet him. He does this, so let's go and do it. And so I went around his house, did a few food reviews with him which was the most it's probably the most surreal thing I've ever done like the, the first video that we did and nothing particularly about the review itself but I just remember sitting there and David had not been anyone in either and we both sat there either side of him on this sofa and I'm not lying when I say it took us 10 minutes to start because of laughter we were just so nervously laughing like what the are we doing he, ha he has got an infectious laugh though hasn't he oh MJ, yeah 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 but just in general, just we, and then we just start making jokes. And yeah, like I say, it took us about ten minutes to actually start the review itself. At one point, if you, I'll, I'll find the, I'll find the review for it. It's, it's for uh, Pepsi Wild Cherry. It was uh, an American uh, drink, and it starts, and we're all laughing. And then, literally, at one point, David, like, it literally edits, it cuts to the next scene, if you will, and David's no, nowhere to be seen. He's literally sat there, and then he, and then he just disappears. Um, because he just couldn't stop laughing. He's like, I need to get out of this. And he just <laughs> disappears into the, another, into the other room. And just since then, it's just escalated. I never really asked to be on the channel. He never asked me to be on the channel. I just started to You just turned up at your house and were just like, I'm going to review some. Yeah, so I just threw it to reviews. And then, so it became sort of a secondary host on the, on the, on the YouTube channel. And then over the years, we've had the idea and 
fans had the idea and they were like, why don't you start a podcast? I'd love to listen to a podcast you guys just thinking about. And um, so, yeah, about two years ago, we finally got the, the balls up and we, um, we started Frock Unwrapped the podcast. And since then, it's become sort of our baby and sort of dipped away from the YouTube side of life and concentrate solely on that and, and, and love it. Absolutely love it. It's, it's a real passion of mine. What's the, um, what's the, the best thing that you've ever reviewed? Like, what's the one thing that you've been like, oh my God, that was amazing? The best, it's hard, I've been asked that before. Um, the, the best thing that I've ever reviewed, most satisfying thing, and, I, and it wasn't like a first time review, it's, it's a Five Guys Burger. Like, it's just, it's just life changing. Um, absolutely love it as a burger. Um, but one of the most surprising things, one, a, a snack that um, one of my American friends gave to me a couple of years ago, and it was called Combos. Um, seven layer dip or something. We looked at it and we were like, eh, what's it going to be? Just some dry. It looked like dog food, if I'm honest. It looked like <laughs> these little chunks that you, you'd give your dog. And it was a seven layer dip, which is like guacamole and sour cream, and all these various things that Americans eat. And I just remember the second, like us all going, oh, this is going to be rubbish. And, like, and literally, the second we all sat there and went, oh my God, this is incredible. This is such an amazing snack. The depth of, oh my God, I can taste guacamole separately to the sour cream and to the cheese. And it was just, just amazing. So yeah, that, that was certainly one of the most re uh, memorable reviews that we did in terms of just going from not expecting much to it just being like a six star. We work on a six star scale, the famous six star scale. Like <laughs> most people live on a five star. Um, Still yeah. never on a five guys. I've Still never had a Five Guys. I know Roman's had Five Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that joke's always coming out of the closet, isn't it? <laughs> Someone's got to come out of the closet, Rob. <laughs> Please, listen. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be promoting a Five Guys on a on a weight loss themed podcast. But if you're having a cheat day, you could do a lot worse than Five Guys, my friend. Mm. I, I should say, just coming very briefly onto Frack Unwrapped, uh, you can listen to two of these guys on there. We did an episode earlier this year, wasn't it? It was like March, I think, or something like that. Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, um, we, we were talking, we were briefing Ross over uh, our coffee and our breakfast before, um, and both me and Roman said the best thing that, that, that we found is when... Um, when MJ just started having an eye with his wife during the podcast, <laughs> it was probably just having a row with his life, and we were just like, he doesn't, he doesn't change now. He just, he, it just, he has no concept of trying to produce some form of art. Like it's just, he just will do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it, and you know, who cares? So rolling back to the podcast, you did actually ask me what my food hell was. And I said lamb, and then I'm going to retract that. Yeah, this is yeah. the funniest thing. How can anyone right, right, hate right, lamb? Right, right, right. Because I was put on the spot, and I didn't think. But you know what my food hell is? Lamb. No. Egg mayonnaise. Cannot stand egg mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, love it. Boiled egg, love it. You put it together, no thanks. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so it's strange, you didn't say it? that because Stuart would have fallen in love with you automatically because yeah. he hates eggs. Egg mayonnaise. Uh, no, I can't. But this. I just don't... Why did you say lamb? Because it's it, a weird all I can remember thinking lamb shank. Lamb, and, yeah, it's not lamb shank and all the fatty sinew on it, and it's on the bow. I can't. No. And your heaven, I think, was seafood or prawns or something, was it? Any any type of seafood, yeah. Yeah, so you're like the opposite of me because I love lamb and can't. Well, I know. Yeah. Not seafood. Anyway, this isn't, this isn't our podcast. This is your podcast, uh, guys. But yes. Anyway, without further ado, I bring to you the quiz of Ross Hunter. Well. well. <laughs> 
So all it was was I was just as we were I was we were driving down. I thought I'd have a quick nosy and try and find some facts. So no slaughtering me for these facts and figures. They're not my facts and figures. It's just my internet searching. So all it is is just can I ask people around a few different questions around calories, exercise, things like that. See what you think they are and how and what where we're up to. So calories in a Big Mac. What, we, the, what are we getting? Are we have to get the closest to this. Yeah, closest to it. Just a Big Mac. I wouldn't know because I don't eat that crap. Well, right. Well, you go first, Robert. Then. Eight hundred calories. Okay. Yeah, I was just thousand. No. Seven thirty. It's actually five hundred and fifty calories mm. in a Big Mac. Give it's a little bit less than what you thought. But then you go down the road and you've decided Macy D's isn't for you. And you walk into Burger King. Oh, this is a quiz, not a story. What well, story? There's no way I can remember them. You know that when you do that game and you've got to add all the bits. I went to the shop and I bought. It's called Quizstory. 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 There you go. Now I've got to make a story up everyone. That's it. <laughs> you buy a double whopper. What's that doing to your waistline? That's got to be more. Is it cheese on it or not? Yeah. Right. Is that the one you with onion rings on? Do I have onion rings on? No, it's just no. The, it's the two burgers with cheese. The double whopper. No, I'm going to say about eight. If, if Big Mac's 500, I'm going to say 800. I'll go 850. i go 920. It's 990 calories in a double whopper. Wow. With cheese. It's crazy. Cheese. Like, but which has the best nutritional value? That's what I want to I don't do. care at the moment. <laughs> <I think laughs> <what> <laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> which one tastes better? That's what <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so, so going further down the road, we're sticking with the burgers. And you have, has everyone heard of the quadruple bypass heart attack burger? Quite famous over in America. In Las Vegas. Yes, yes. it's it. So that's it. The, 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 uh, the, is it called a bypass grill or something? Like yeah, and they all serve them in, yeah, they all serve them in like nurses' yeah. outfits. It, it, and, yeah. Isn't it like you're over like 400 pounds you eat for free as well? Like you have that. to sign yeah. a disclaimer before you eat yeah. it or something like that. So like basically, it. it's four, like four burgers. <laughs> one, one bun, four burgers in the middle. How many calories are in the burger? Just the burger, no drink, no chips, no 2,000. 2,000. Yeah, it's got to be high. How many yeah. burgers? So it's four burgers. No, I'm going, I'm going higher. Cheese or anything like that? Yeah, so there is, I mean, I don't know exactly what's in it, but there is bits in between. I'm going higher. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 6,000. Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, <laughs> okay. Bear in mind, a double whopper was 990 calories. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah so it's double double whopper, so it's 2,000. But then it's, pretty in pretty it's in America, so the burgers will probably be yeah. bigger. Yeah, probably, oh. they probably cook them in like... I'll say 2,001. 2001. So, another way of putting it is, how many double whoppers do you think you could have? Wait, I'm going to go... Say three. Three thousand. Three calories. Three calories. <laughs> so what was your stew, sorry, apologies. I said six thousand. Six thousand. Two one. Two one. And three? Three. So, double whopper was 990. You could actually have... 10 double whoppers and still be under the carolicic value of the quadruple bypass heart heart attack burger, burger, my god, burger, <laughs> which is 9,982 calories in the burger alone. What? Yeah, I knew it was a lot. 9,908, I don't know. Why would you want to eat that? Well, part oh. of me does. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so there's other one, another one quickly then. Yeah, how far do you think you have to run to burn? Uh, are, we not, are we keeping note of these scores, by the way, Ross? Cause there's, there's no prize, mate. But, yeah, I know, but just keep note. Okay, Ron, can we keep note? 
Right, but don't matter now. Everyone's uh, we just say I'm winning. Okay, we'll if you're listening it. at home, keep note. <laughs> yeah. And then send it yeah, in a postcard. You, yeah, please. Stamped address postcard. Ten inch, ten inch cheese pizza and four beers. Something that we've probably all done many a time. How far do you have to run? What, to, t- what type of pizza? Just a cheese pizza. Cheese pizza. Margarita. Yeah, just a little margarita. Cheese pizza, four beers. How far do you got to run to get that? Bear in mind you're talking about your 5K. No idea because I never look at how many calories I've done. I can the time the Quick guess. 26.2 miles, a marathon. Okay. For a pizza and four beers. For a pizza yeah. and four beers. Yeah, yeah. 10 miles. I'm trying to think what I'd do on. What I would you want it in miles? Yeah. It's, 10K is about 1,000, so it's six. God, it's not a mass quiz. No, I. Give me I'm a ballast to you, a bollock. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just say plus one. I'll say plus one. Uh, no, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for 16 miles. Well, actually, Stu was right. For a 10 inch cheese pizza, four beers, you've got to run a marathon, which is about 3,200 calories to burn that off. See, some people would listen to that and go, oh, the, the pizza's not worth it. I look at it and go, the marathon's not worth <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm only burning off a pizza and four beers, what's yeah, the point? Exactly. It's mad, isn't it? Last little bit then before I finish. So, looking at how many calories you burn, rough calories, how many calories do you burn per 30 minutes while you're asleep? Just while you're having a kip. 100. I'd say 100. 10. Uh, 300. You actually burn 20 calories per 30 minutes while you're asleep. Do you don't know how many calories you burn while you're sat at work on a computer? Just on a computer? Well, you're not doing much, are you? It's probably there, so. But then, well, then you're not sleeping, because so you're breathing. 40. You're... I'm going to go actually less, 15. You said 40. You said, I'm going to go 21. It's in between. A, it's actually 40 calories, Stu. You go, you're burning 30, 40 calories no, per hour. Uh, who's, who's had the book for a Wait, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, Look, she, Annie. Yeah, I've just noticed you actually have had the book. I'm like, I was asleep all the way in the journey and you wrote your quiz. Stitch up. Hmm. <laughs> Last Don't one. worry about that. So if look, you, at, look at the markings on your face. Working in an office. <laughs> <laughs> working in an office is 40 calories. What's a truck driver? Someone's driving a truck for 30 minutes. It's got to be more, Annie, because you. You're driving out and you can stay focused. 60. Can't be that much, yeah. I'm 50. I'm going to stop it out with 60. There you go. Well, yeah, well done, mate. Give you that one. <laughs> the only reason I was trying to put that in perspective is just thinking about the way people work and, and what you do for a living. If I'm sat at my desk all day and I'm burning 40 calories per 30 minutes, that's not a lot of calories I'm burning. Whereas if you're actually walking and you went and walked, you're going to burn 368 calories in an hour. So yeah. half of it, you're looking at 180, 90, well, nearly, well, about 180 calories per half an hour compared to having a walk, which if you try and do into your quadruple attack bypass killer burger, that's a lot of walking you've got to do. So, so essentially, a, a working day, your average working day is eight hours. Yeah. And it's, what, 40 calories? 40 calories for a desk, desk job. Desk job. So uh, a desk job. Half an hour, so it's oh. double it. So it's 80 calories an hour. So working day, eight hours. You're going to burn 640 calories at a desk job. Just your desk job. You could, that, that's just a sandwich at your dinner. And that's where, coming from a weight loss point of view, 
your job and your activity makes a massive difference, huge amount of difference. It's um, it's actually fascinating how, how little you, because I work in a, a desk job and I bought a few months ago, like a, not a Fitbit, um, other, other options are available. Um, but I did. <laughs> no I did, Fitbit, if you want to send us any, if Fitbit want to send us any Fitbits, feel yeah, free. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. But I did, I did get a, um, a, a watch that, you know, counts your, your, your steps and stuff like that. And, it, and it, it's actually crazy how little I walk during the day just at work yeah, me because too. you know the majority of my job is dealing with a computer in front of me and the files in front of me yeah I've got to go to the toilet make a cup of tea go to the files whatever but it just it's it's you know I might only I might only do 300 steps in a day because I just don't need to get up and walk around and it's just that's going to burn, burn nothing so we I set a, sometimes set a challenge uh, challenges to the players over the 14 weeks where they can just earn extra goals and stuff for the team. One of the challenges is, is we call it uh, meet your neat. So neat is non-exercise something thermodynamics, um, which basically means burning more calories than you do just sitting down uh, and how you can go about that. Um, and the absolute, the, the guys, when we get them to, you know, take the stairs, park at the furthest spot in the car park and, you know, every once an hour just go and walk. Do a lap of the office. Have you heard about Stu's inches? <laughs> <laughs> Can we have some context on that first? So, in the, in the first season we were playing, Stu, Stu was our inches man. So, he used to always have the... <laughs> it sounds a lot worse now, isn't it? All the way around. Uh, so, it was a hashtag inches. And what he used to do was every time we were in like, on the WhatsApp groups again, would send us like, okay, park. Instead of parking where you normally park, closest to the shop, park as far as way as you can. You're going to be walking an extra couple of hundred meters, he said. And that's what it was all about: is to have those little bits of changes that you do, and that's where it became inches. Yeah. Well, I've since learned the technical term for that is non-exercise active thermodynamics. It's not got the same ring to it, though, has it? No. no. Meet your neat. That's pretty good. I'm with Is your neat man or is your inches man? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you know, I can do both. Don't inch um, shame. But yeah, and and one of the things is that the guys who particularly office, the guys who work in offices, are like, oh, I've burnt so many more calories just by doing, you know. Yeah parking a bit further or getting off the tram stop early or they make massive amounts of difference yeah. Yeah. studies actually say that that actually makes more of a difference to your calorie burn than what 30 minutes exercise does well we uh, had someone to test it haven't we on the um when we did the lad from salford league who had lost oh uh, ned stringer ned stringer yeah we saw his before and after photo it is on the podcast on his on his podcast on his, the the picture on there is before and after picture it was unbelievable, and all he did lost ten stone. Yeah, and all he yeah all he did was home to train station, tram to work. He cut out the tram completely, walked from train station to tra to work every single day, ten stone. Mm. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. What time frame was that? Over Everyone there? can walk. Yeah, I still oh, that's amazing. He's he, in fairness to Ned, he's, he he was very very controlled of his calories. So yeah. he, I think he was on about twelve thirteen hundred. A day, which is which is low, yeah, it is low. which is low, but exercise-wise, that's, that's, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yeah, amazing. Nate, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's been it's, a long time coming. Yeah, it's been really good to come down actually. Where can where can anybody listening check out uh, UK? So you can find Food Review UK, the main reviewing channel on YouTube. If you just search Food Review UK. Uh, if you want the podcast, you can find it on iTunes or Spotify or most other podcast apps. So look for Fruck, so that's F-R-U-K, Fruck Unwrapped. 
Um, it's quite a few, uh, quite a few episodes on there. But like I say, if you're uh, listening to this, and I would imagine a good jumping-off point would be the episode. Comment what would be probably around forty or something, no, a little less than that. But yeah, skim, skim through. There's one that's called healthy eating, and it's got Stu and uh, Roman on, and it's uh, it's actually for us uh, a little bit more serious and a little bit more uh, a little less light-hearted than usual. Uh, but it was an incredibly important episode for us, and off the back of that, the other two guys um, on the on the show have sort of started their own sort of weight loss regime, um, and they're doing pretty well. So um, yeah, it was really good to have you guys on our show because it actually looked like it might have changed some lives that that side as well so good good to it well just hope they don't eat glass like I did that night yeah. <laughs> the glass right. burrito oh yeah the, the glass, glass burrito. burrito oh Robert honestly <laughs> he was eating glass and everything <laughs> yeah listen, listen to the show, <laughs> listen to the show. You know, well I know what I'm doing on the way back <laughs> so thanks for listening guys uh, episode 30 in the bag bit of a milestone yeah it is yeah some really exciting things coming uh, cheers thank you very much Ross as ever thank you thank, thank you, you for staying awake on the drive down <laughs> no man thank you for just sleeping for the last four hours on the way drive on the drive down thanks mate uh, and thanks everyone for listening <laughs>